We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of The Cast Next Door, the podcast where we take apart The Boy Next Door. Uh, we're at the end of the second week here. No doubt everyone has listened to episodes five to eight. On episodes five to eight, Michael was your host and a great host he was. His guests were Jonathan Frederick. And with me now, Matt Teff. Hello. Matt, you covered the minutes where Kevin... I think I, I think the overall arching theme was Kevin is a wuss, I think was the, yeah. the basic gist. We got to meet the titular boy and Kevin... Yeah, Kevin's a big wuss. I think that was kind of our focus for most of the minutes. He's just such a... Yeah. Wussy wuss, wuss, wuss. I don't even... <laughs> Like, it's he's every nerd stereotype ever. And, like, the one thing that I've taken with me as I've gone forward thinking about this movie is just like, man, I hated that kid so much. <laughs> yes. I, I'm you. And it's funny because for the first four minutes, I know that the uh, I know that our host and guest for those minutes were a little disappointed. They didn't get to meet Noah uh, in all his glory. Um, and you get to meet him, of course. We see his bicep first in a, in a tight white T-shirt, <laughs> holding up the garage door yeah. and, and helping J-Lo out of that situation. Um, and then the, 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 the trip to the world's bizarrest uh, hardware store that has an entire wall dedicated to garage door openers, uh, which was a really weird detail, which I think you discussed a well, little bit. I didn't even notice that. That was something that Michael brought up, and I'm like going back and looking at it and going, wow, that... Why would you ever have that set up for, like, garage door clutches? Like, that feels like the sort of thing you got to go find in, like, the back of the store tucked with a bunch of other things. Like, I didn't... Yeah, it's... I didn't even know what a... It was so prominent. It was really... It's really weird, because once you, once you notice it, you're like, that is... Why would they... I, I guess... I guess this is, a, this is... I guess this is a small town where everyone has garages that need to be opened automatically i mean there must be a really big what it was was that about 10 um, years ago some shoddy garage door installer uh blew through town and now they're all paying the price it's like the uh it's like the monorail <laughs> in uh in the simpsons there's like a there's like a guy who came in and did a musical number about uh you know don't you hate opening your door uh, your garage door early in the morning and he did like a whole musical number and he managed to sell every single one of the uh the residents of this unnamed town um, on, I don't know, opening their yeah. doors. With, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, they couldn't have been a high quality brand because uh, J Lo's, you know, obviously having trouble. Um, and it, what's what's weird in in those minutes as well is they have the appointment, they're delayed for all of thirty seconds by the door not opening, and then the kids like, oh, we're late now, we can't go, can we? And I thought that was such a weird, yeah. like... I, I thought that was weird, too, but I also just, like, why does this kid not want to go to the allergist? Like, if, if like, the air can kill you, if, like, as we see later on in the movie, like, just boxing can kill you, like, why are you yeah. not wanting to go to the allergist? Like, I would be, I, I would want to live, 
I would want to go to the allergist and find out what exactly is ailing me. But nope, he just wants, he yeah. doesn't want to go at all. Which, in his case, and as you say, like, um, you know, if we can talk a bit broader about the film. Yeah, like, the, the scene later on um, where, <laughs> for, for some reason, he gets mad at his dad being a, a cheater, egged on by Noah, and then he just suddenly has this weird, like, attack where he's gasping for air. And it's never fully explained what he's allergic to. They they just do this. Yeah, well, because they use an EpiPen. Like, it's like you use an EpiPen when someone is actually, like, having an allergic attack to, like, nuts or something like that. It's just like he's, like, having an asthma attack or something like that. And that's not what you – you don't stab him in the arm with, like, this this anti uh, – like, this anti thing. Like, you, you give them something to yeah, bring that is Yeah, like, that, that is a really weird mm-hmm. – <laughs> weird scene where <laughs> all of a sudden his anger at his dad he's allergic to his dad's cheating i guess is the <laughs> i mean that seems like a really uh, i mean i guess it that works for noah's plan i guess i guess that's how um like noah knows about it i mean well it feels like the type of thing where maybe he he is allergic to like peanuts or something and maybe we just got a there's like a deleted scene or something where we see that Noah's like setting him up to have this attack so that he can save him. Like it's the only thing that makes sense is is that if there there's a scene missing where Noah just like already gives him his aller like gives him whatever allergen it is that sets him off because maybe otherwise yeah it's just an asthma. Maybe attack. the heavy bag is like coated in like peanut dust or something. Uh, so sure. each time he punches it, more and more dust comes out, but we never see it because they you know. They yeah. couldn't do that as a special effect or something. Um, it's it's weird because like in these obviously um, something that's been discussed a little bit by people is how quickly all the exposition comes up, and even in these minutes, it set it sets up. Um, uh, you know, obviously we already know about the affair. We already know about Garrett leaving. We already know that Kevin has no friends um, in the previous minute because of his birthday party. With the only in, it, Vicky doesn't even bother attending. Only his parents are in attendance. Um, so, like, the fact that Noah makes friends with him so quickly, like, literally in the garage, he, like, fix, he pushes the door open, walks in, and he's, like, it's the clutch. And Kevin is straight away, like, best friends with him. Like, that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. And then they're, 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 you know, straight away he's begging off this allergist appointment so he can go with his new BFF to the hardware store. And even in the hardware store, like, this, where they set up this girl, Ali, who... If I mean, if it is like a mom and pop, and she—that's what she says—is she's working there because her, her parents are making her work there. This her full name is Ali Callahan, which is like a, a silly name. But they set her up so quickly as like she's this girl that um, you know Kevin is is lusting over, and Noah straight away is smoothly in there, and and, and of course that sets up later on when um, after you know Noah has been spurned. He then takes Ali to his bedroom, and I'm thinking, like, how much, how much of what's going on do you think is planned? Because Noah works his way into this family so quickly, he becomes friends with Kevin really quick. You know, he he he, he beats the shit out of the bully later on, which you know, like, there's yeah. there's, a, there's a lot like, of stuff in these first few minutes where, when you look back, you think to yourself, was Noah planning to become this friendly this quickly? When he saw Ali from the moment, from like the moment he saw he he saw them, like because that's I mean the moment he saw them, he's just like I'm going to have sex with Jennifer Lopez, and this is how I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, it. because because later on there seems to be an imp- like um 
when Kevin asks Ali out to the the fall fling, um, well, he asks he asks her out to, to the movies, and she says no. And then when he asks her out to the fall fling, Noah is in this is in the hardware store, almost giving Ali the nod to say, "Yeah, go out with him," as if this is some level of psychological torture he wants to inflict on Kevin. And I just it to me. It's funny because the film sort of makes Noah out to be a bit of a mastermind in terms of manipulating all these people. But I don't know how much yeah, of it's planned it or if it just looks like that after the fact where he's like, yeah, sure. Like you could almost say, did he break the garage door so that he could come in and save it? Like Job, like Job <laughs> setting fire to, you know, like uh, the car trouble bit that Job used to pull on on high school girls. You know, like. How 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 far ahead is he thinking? Yeah, that's a really good question because he, yeah, he's clearly not all that much of a mastermind because like his plan involves like I don't really understand like driving a wedge between the son and the dad by just like pushing him and then like it's like alienating the son like he just keeps changing his like tract of how this is going to work and it's like obviously like the more the digger you the further you go the more you're gonna like drive jennifer lopez away and that's what he keeps doing yeah i think it's funny particularly with the stuff with like kevin and garrett i can sort of see why he's trying to um why he's trying to put a wedge between them because i think his logic as crazy as it is seems to be that if Kevin disapproves of the father, then that will reinforce Jennifer Lopez, like wanting to split up with the father. Because obviously, at the beginning, I mean, to the disgust of Vicky, um, Garrett Garrett wants to come back, and it seems like with the birthday party and stuff, Jennifer Lopez is sort of letting him back in. But then, obviously, she turns mm-hmm. down the chance to go on a, a camping trip to Mammoth Lakes um, with the boys. Which I would understand because I can't picture Jennifer Lopez camping, but like, so it, it seems like she's willing to sort of accept Garrett back, and Noah is doing as much as he can without. I mean, he obviously at some point he does resort to almost killing Garrett, but to start right. off with, he doesn't. He doesn't seem to be wanting to make that leap. He just he's to start off with. He's just like if I can get, if I can get the boy on my side. Uh, the boy who lives next door to Noah, he can get the mom on side. He can maybe have a chance of getting back with JLo. I think that seems to be. Yeah, I just don't understand what his end game is. Then though, is it's like he's just like Kevin's gonna think such I'm such a great guy. He's gonna want me to be his new dad. Like no, n- no <laughs> you're four years older than he is. Like what? I like I think everybody knows at least like one person that married somebody like like that had the parent that like married somebody that was like almost their age like Bill and Ted or whatever you know and they <laughs> never like that step parent because that's they went to high school with that step parent so I have no idea what Noah like what Noah's plan is there because it's just like uh yeah so now uh I'm gonna have sex with your mom all right like that it's yeah, it does. It seems unclear what his plan is, other than to see Jennifer Lopez naked, which I am not going to disagree. Oh yeah, as a plan. I mean, that's that's. I would say that's a solid plan to start off with. Um, but obviously, you know, he doesn't read the signals because the morning after, she clearly regrets it, and he's trying to make her breakfast. <laughs> and you know, he like his his plan essentially worked up to that point, and then he has he has no idea what the next step is. The- 
biggest problem that this movie had was that it didn't want to underline the the Oedipal complex at all. And so it just kind of was just like, I didn't even realize that the first time I watched it, like, it's like, oh, of course it makes sense after you think about it. But it's just like, they didn't want to ever, like, it's like, there's like a very faint line near the end where, like, Noah's just, like, kind of hints that he wanted to have sex with his mom a little bit. Or, like, his dad was really just, like, screwing over his mom and everything. And, like, he really loved his mom. And it just, it, like, I'm not saying it would, it probably would have made the movie a lot creepier. And that's why they didn't do it. Like, it's just such a, like, it just falls so flat. Because he's just like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, what? Oh, he's crazy now. Okay. Like, it just, it's illogical. Yeah, there is that very abrupt turn where um, Garrett comes over and stays the night Mm -hmm. on the couch because he's been drinking. The following morning, as Jennifer Lopez is, is trying to get Kevin in the car, Noah just, like, pulls up in his trucks like screeches right in front of the driveway and is like what the fuck is going on and then she's like what are you talking about and he's like oh it's on it's on bitch and he like literally is like come on kevin let's go and kevin like gets in and he's almost like just giving her the finger as he drives away with kevin in his his truck and that is such an abrupt turn from like you know the kind of minutes before where he was still like he where he's sending her flowers where he's, you know, saved Kevin's life. Like, he's still trying to get back into her good books. And then he thinks she's had sex with her husband. And then he's just like, oh, fuck this shit. And he just, like... And then he starts, you know, cutting breaks and all that kind of stuff. And that is, like, such a... I mean, I think it's almost exactly in the middle of the film where he just... Whatever plan he had just becomes, oh, fuck this shit. Yeah. And he just... It turns... Um, yeah, I, I like I say, I, I like I don't know what his end goal is. I, I mean, maybe he did want to be Kevin's stepfather. But <laughs> you're right that that situation would never work out. No. It just it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Well, also, because he's a crazy person. But the the uh, like it's the script too. Just like it, it, there's like two different scripts at work here. It's like you got this first script, which sort of sets up this like tense thing of like how he kind of drives a wedge between this family, and then. It just goes off a cliff about halfway, and you just end up with this, like, thing that's taking place in a barn, and you're like, oh, wait, was this the barn from, like, the first minute of the movie? Like, I guess I remember that. Like, what, it just, it, the, it feels like somebody else just, like, took over halfway through Act 2, and just carried it through to Act, to, to, like, the end of the, and was just like, all right, now it's just bug eye crazy you know there were problems that you clearly see in the film <laughs> but overall would you say you enjoyed the film or because i will say i'll say this like rob cohen who i think is a little bit of a journeyman director um there's no there's no like there's no real rob cohen style other than i would say the car chases have a little bit because obviously from fast and furious and yeah. triple x and stuff exactly like it doesn't feel like oh no like i was like this is a rob cohen movie it does there's no like explosions or fat yeah like there's very few car chases or extreme stunts or anything like that there's no talking planes played by wentworth miller or anything like that <laughs> yeah so but i mean overall would you say that you 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 know you enjoyed the film or i yeah i could say that that there was some enjoyment to be had in it like the the minutes that we covered were definitely like me sitting there being like there's got to be something to latch onto. to oh clutch sign okay that's something you know like it's just like i i couldn't believe, i i watched the minutes so many times over just being like is there something to talk about here because like there's there's like a little bit of exposition peppered throughout like those four minutes but otherwise it's like the first part of it is really just kind of like 
bland and getting you there. And then when he turns into kind of Jason Voorhees there, yeah, like after that truck scene, like that's definitely when it gets way more interesting and you're just sort of like, what's going on here? Really dabbles in a bunch of different genres before just like kind of committing to just being a straight up, just like kind of tense horror type thing where it's just like, uh, yeah. Like a really like it's not really a drama because it ends with a barn on fire and him like getting like stabbed really goofily <laughs> in the eye and then like an engine falling on his head like that's a horror movie ending like so I that does sort of paint him as like an indestructible horror villain like you know like a Freddy or a Jason like someone who needs that extra like level of being yeah. killed just to make sure they're dead because doesn't he get shot at one point too like he he really takes a beating there in that last scene and just like keeps coming back and it's like okay we get it like he's got big biceps but come on <laughs> i feel a little bit like that line from um sunday Cruddy sunday on the simpsons where they're like doesn't it strike you that in an episode that's set at the Super Bowl featuring Dolly Parton, we didn't see any football or hear any singing? <laughs> and uh, I think it's the same that like you've got you've got um, you know Jennifer Lopez and Christian Chenoweth in a film, and there's not like a, 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 you know like a, an end theme song. Like if the, if if there had been like over the end titles, there'd been something about like how I love the boy next door or something. Like you know, just something something that could have been nominated for an Oscar is what I'm saying. Even that like really awful double date scene that they go on where that one guy is just like the classics, huh? Who likes the classics, <laughs> man? Like if that scene had just like taken place at a karaoke bar, like and they just like yeah. done some karaoke or something like that. I probably would have given like, <laughs> extra like I would have given it an extra half a point. Like it's uh, yeah. If they'd have just started and it, it had been Kristen Chenna with mid like mid song, and that she just finished off something for like two minutes of just singing, and then they'd have commenced the dates. That would have been like a slightly more compelling start to that scene. Yeah. Um, I just remember. Although I think. As it starts the, at the moment, I think uh, Christian Chenoweth is advising Jennifer Lopez to um, give everyone blowjobs. I think is her advice on the first day. Yeah, she's yeah. like, you know, yeah, she's basically, yeah, she's the worst friend. Like, I love Christian <laughs> Chenoweth, and so like it was really tough because it's just like you're playing just the worst character. Like, like she's so obviously going to die in this movie because she's just like the worst friend. Like, just like, oh, I, your husband might mean well, but fuck him. Like, she's... <laughs> and, like, that's the other thing. Is it's just, like, so, wait, so Jennifer Lopez, her, the only way she can get a friend is just, like, this lady who she doesn't really like from work? Like, really? I, I don't believe that for a second, that, that Jennifer Lopez, like, couldn't find somebody who, like, who cares about, like, the things she's interested in. Because, yeah, Kristen Chenoweth is just as awful about, like, oh, like, I don't care about the classics either. You know, that thing you love and talk about all the time? <laughs> yep. I don't care about it. Yeah, she is, she is like, kind of indifferent to, to, to J-Lo's uh, needs and interests interests um and then the funniest thing is now i obviously i know that they're building kevin up as this kind of like nerdy loner archetype of like you know the, the kid who's got no friends and all that kind of stuff but i've got to be honest if i had a friend or if i knew someone from school whose mother looked like jennifer lopez i would be that kid's best friend right right <laughs> <laughs> like like that should be a house crawling with 18-year-old kids all wanting to be Kevin's friend. Yeah. Hi, Miss Peterson. Yeah, exactly. That's like – and so it's like no matter how nerdy or allergic to, to life Kevin is, the, the kids shouldn't yeah. be bullying him and giving him really weird archaic nicknames. They should be – you know, <laughs> they should be his 
friends, basically. He should have tons of friends. He sh- there should be um, fights for, like, sleepovers at his house on the weekends. Like, she, that, like, <laughs> seriously. It, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. I don't even think I, I really I think thought it, about that till just now. But, yeah, how do you, like, like seriously, like, that kid's got to have at least some pervy guy. Like, I mean, come on, they're, they're freaking all teenagers. Of course they're going to want to be hanging out at his house. Yeah, and and obviously, as well, because she's a teacher at school, like, it's not like they don't know who his mom is. That's that's the really weird thing is, like, it's not like she's just some, some like, parent, um, you know, who, who like, maybe their, their, their parents see once in a while picking him up or something. Mm-hmm. It's that she's at school. she's at school. They know who she is. They know who he is. Why doesn't he have twenty friends yeah. like all eager to be served pancakes on a Saturday okay. morning after a Friday night sleepover? You know, eating pizzas and whatever. Oh, J Lo in her um, her revealing you know high cut nightdress. <laughs> I mean that that seems. I have a feeling all of this stems from the fact that they only had a small budget for the film. But, sure, sure. Um, you know. Uh, if give, give this you know give this give this film another five ten million and I'm sure they would have had uh, you know twenty thirty at least extras they didn't yeah. have to say any lines you pay one of them to say good morning Mrs Peterson just heavy, all the rest just just heavy breathing kids just, just, <laughs> yeah. just hi, staring at Jennifer Lopez <laughs> have you seen other Jennifer Lopez films I think I've seen enough. Which is kind of similar, like kind of in a similar vein of like woman fights back against man who's bad to her, um, yeah. type thing. Um, Made in Manhattan is one that pops to mind. Uh, <laughs> like I, I know I've seen. Oh, oh, oh! I totally forgot about Out of Sight. Out of Sight is a great movie. Oh, I had one quick thought, one scene that I just remembered that I wanted to just bring up, which is that scene after um, they've had sex and whatever, and him when he's really going hard into the I fucked Claire Peterson stuff and he just like litters her classroom with like all the pictures of them having sex and everything (laughs) and like there's so many things about that scene that are so illogical like okay one how did you have time to set up all of this stuff to take these pictures and this video and stuff like that like that was just this really intense thing that happened so you mean to tell me you've just been like sitting around waiting for this to happen and like you just got recording equipment around your house all the time two how did you get in there and then three how did she clean that all up in like two minutes like because it's all over the place and like the the guy's like knocking on the door and then she just cuts right out and then it's clean and it's like none of that made sense csi new york's hill harper knocking on the door (laughs) like that just doesn't that whole scene doesn't make any sense like um but yeah that's that's i mean that sort of leads claire to look up for the um the evidence dungeon and the, mm-hmm. the, the carefully labeled JPEGs mm-hmm. um, in the in the in the various labeled folders that he's he's prepared, almost as if he's waiting for someone to come over, <laughs> and which of course features the return of Jack Wallace to the film. Oh, Jack Wallace, my favorite part of the entire movie is Jack Wallace. He's just yeah, and he re- such a good he like cop. returns just just for that one jump scare of she turns around and he's like hello, <laughs> he's like oh. <laughs> And uh, and I think that's like that's a fu- like it's a fun use of him because obviously in your mind you're thinking no one must have killed him right exactly I was totally not yeah. expecting him to come back like it was just like oh well see you later Jack Wallace I guess you're not coming back in this movie and then holy crap he came back and presumably survives yeah I was gonna say like there's nothing to indicate that Noah would have killed his. Uh, uncle like I don't, I don't think there's anything in the film that would suggest that i mean he might have <laughs> they go to the trouble of introducing him and making a big deal about this is my uncle jack and then like he just vanishes yeah. 
or Uncle Bob, I can't remember his name. And then he vanishes for literally an hour and then just pops up for a jump scare where he's like, oh, hello, Claire, what's going on? And I just, I thought that was quite, uh, it's it's funny because that's, that's one of the times where this film kind of subverts what you were expecting. Totally. Like, you were expecting a jump scare and you were expecting maybe it's it's Noah and he has to kind of like, you know, she maybe Claire has to explain why she's there or something. But the fact that it's just, <laughs> and again, the world's most stealthy, like, uh, motorized wheelchair. Like, you cannot hear that thing come in. Like, he must... I don't know what he's got, like, on the wheels or something so that you can't hear it yeah. driving up. Well, it's a time-traveling wheelchair, remember? Because it goes, it goes backwards earlier, so... I'm sure that... Yeah. Oh, I got one more question before we go. He kills that bully, right? Noah totally kills that bully. Like, he's dead. I think... Here's... I mean, they say that he had, like, a fractured skull or something, don't they? And they say he's in hospital. Yeah, they say that, but... I mean, we all watched the beating that kid took. Like, they, I, I love it in movies where it's just like, that person's clearly dead. And then later on you see him and they just got, like, bandages. Or they're like, oh, he just fractured his skull. It's like, no, he's dead. <laughs> well, we did have a similar thing like that happen in uh, the previous film we covered where uh, a cat got hit by a car and then he was only covered in a, a loose draping of bandages. Right. Um, and then he was saved by magic. So, I mean, I don't think that happens to the bully. <laughs> but yeah, no, like it is, a, it's funny because it's it's weird to say that there's not much action in this film, but like you have the sex scene uh, like early on because there's a lot of exposition in the first kind of 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You, have the, you have the sex scene, which I guess counts as some kind of action for Noah. Uh, then you have kind of like almost like a tense thing where you're wondering if the, the, the son and the, the husband are going to discover that Noah has had sex with Claire. Mm-hmm. And he keeps turning up and kind of like, you know, that scene when he's in the kitchen and he's kind of like, there's like kind of double entendres going on. So, and obviously they have like the shooting scene with the son and Noah. Sure. But like, there's there's not, you know, there's a little bit of the car chase mm-hmm. uh, where, where, where Thingy is, uh, where Vicky's in the car and whatever. But, you know, there's not, in terms of like action... You get the sex scene, but then that scene with the bully is kind of like ultra violent out of nowhere. Like this, this foot comes into frame and kicks him. And then after he's already like hit him, he just keeps like the fact that they, they have that shot where the camera's inside the locker and you see the bully's head like dent in the door right inside. And it's like out of nowhere, like suddenly things are ramped up to the point where he's basically beating the crap out of this kid. And, um, like, when you see that, I guess, I don't know if it's, like, an ADR line or something, but I I get the feeling that someone was probably like, look, you're going to have to say he's got, like, a fractured skull (laughs) or whatever. Again, I don't know how quickly they discover this, because um, I think Vicky says that in the office, and that's, like, the next scene. So, what, the kid's gone to hospital, had x-rays, they figured out it's a fractured skull, they've called up Vicky to tell her, and within the space of, like, two minutes, she's figured this out. Like, so, I mean, I've got, yeah, like... If he's not dead, he's certainly... Um, Brain damaged for the rest of his life. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he, he, he's not going to have his full capacity for the rest of his life. He's going to, you know, he's, he's going he's gonna to need some assistance from, like, a living nurse or whatever. Uh, thank you very much, Matt, for joining me on this bonus episode. Hey, uh, to talk a bit, a bit more generally about the film. I hope you enjoyed being a guest on those four minutes, even though there was very little uh, kind of solid action for you to talk about. You know? Well, I, I really appreciate you having me. I, I had a blast doing it. I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully coming back and talking a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, it's great. And uh, it's given me an actual appreciation for The Boy Next Door, which I never thought I would have. <laughs> okay. Um, 
so uh, obviously we can hear you on your other podcast, which you do. Uh, yeah, it's called The American Cosmonauts, and you can get that on iTunes. Uh, and obviously we can follow you on Twitter at Matt Teff, mm-hmm. um, as we've heard all week. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at First Ed Iliad, uh, because that seemed like the most obvious choice for a Twitter handle. Uh, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud uh, and various other places. I think if you just search for our name uh, on any podcast application, we, we should pop up. Uh, so thank you very much for joining me, Matt. I uh, hope to hear from you in future episodes. Thanks a lot, Darren. Bye. Okay, bye. This is a first edition?